How are we doing? There we go. Hey, let's open our Bibles, Genesis chapter 42. Let's get that going first. Genesis 42. So let's, let's jump back into uh, the book of Genesis, talking about this guy, Joseph. I love talking about this guy, Joseph. And, and basically, last time we looked at the fact that Joseph, you know, unbeknownst to his brothers, life was going on for this guy. No matter what was going on back with his brothers, and we're going to get to them uh, here today, but life was just going on from him, for him. You know, he, it, it was a difficult journey for him, but it says over and over that the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And we see it in the end. Now, it doesn't always happen this way when we're in difficult situations where, you know, we go to the palace. But for Joseph, that's, that's what God's plan was. And the Lord turned it all around, and he becomes now the second in command to Pharaoh and in charge of all the food because of the, the dreams and everything that Pharaoh had had. But Romans 8.28 is, you know, as I, stu- as I study here the life of Joseph, Romans 8.28 just is, it comes back over and over again. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, according to his purpose. So it isn't something that we always can look at and say, yeah, I, I can see how this is all working together for good. It's usually the opposite, isn't it? I cannot see how this could ever actually work out for anything good. I'm sure Joseph thought that at times, you know. But Joseph was in the right place. He was in the right place at the right time. And it wasn't an easy path to get there, but, but that's where he was. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. Not a very nice thing to do to your brother. He ran for his life from his boss's wife. The advances that she was, you know, putting on him... And, and he ran, and he ended up where? In prison because of trying to do the right thing. But he, he held on to his character, and that's kind of what matters there. But even there in the prison, the Lord was with him. And, and through the circumstances and the dreams, we saw this last time, God elevated him. It took a long time. It took 13 years for him to get to that place. We, we like it to happen you know, in 13 minutes, and if we go through the drive-thru and we have to wait longer than 13 seconds, we get impatient. But God, God isn't like that. God doesn't really, I don't know that he designed drive-thrus. <laughs> he has a plan. And his plan, you know, with, with the Lord, you know, a day is like what? A thousand years. He's got a different whole way of looking at time than you and I do. But in the end, God's plan will prevail. And that's what happens in Joseph's life. Even when it didn't seem like it, God was at work. So we're at the place now where, you know, the dreams that Pharaoh's had and God's interpretation through Joseph, that there would be seven good years of plenty and then seven bad years of famine. So now we pick it up in the, in the account here. The, the seven good years have already happened. So it took 13 years for him to get to that place and then seven years of good year of good years and now we're into the period of the bad years where there's a famine. So it's probably at least a year before it got really bad. And people now look at look at the last verse of chapter 41. It says that all 
the countries came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the, the famine was severe in all the world and all the land, the famine was really, really bad. So they were coming from everywhere to Joseph to buy this grain, this food. It was just, there was no food. What we're going to see today, and this is, this is a fascinating, uh, although not an easy situation, but it's fascinating what happens in this life. We've talked about, you know, the, the, the families, you know, the, the dysfunction that happens in families. And, and some of you relate to that. Some of you had perfect families. And uh, don't tell me about it. I don't want to hear. But the fact of the matter is we all have something that goes on in our families. But, but some bad stuff took place in this family. And yet they got to the place of restoration between the brothers between Joseph, between their father Jacob, there was this reconciliation that took place, this reunion that took place. Now, when we look at how it all happens, is that the way that you or I would do it? Would you plan the reconciliation this way, cause a, you know, a famine, and, and then it would like, and Joseph going through all the trials he went through, this is the way you would plan it? No, you'd, you'd say, no, we just need to get a real good counselor, and we're going to go into counseling nonstop for like, you know, three years, and then maybe we'll get there. God, God works this out. God is, is in the miracle working business, because it truly is a miracle. If you think about how Joseph's brothers treated him, and then they're going to like get back together again, and Joseph is kind of like the key person here. Now, last time, how many chapters did I do last time? Two chapters. This time we're going to do four. But I'm going to spare you. I'm not going to do all of it, okay? But we, we're, going to, we're going to look at little parts of each four of those because, because it's all this... This story of what happens here. How did they get to this place? So chapter 42, again, they're all coming to Joseph to get food. Chapter 42, verse 1, when Jacob learned, his father, that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you just keep looking at each other? I love that. What is wrong with you kids? There's food over there. We're starving. And he continued, I've heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there, buy some for us so that we may live and not die. Get down there, do something. Some, some, some have thought, well, why were they looking at each other in this situation? Because maybe, just maybe, the conscience, their conscience was being stirred a little bit when they heard the name Egypt. Why? Because Joseph was sold where? into Egypt. The truth is they had lived with this terrible secret for 20 years, over 20 years. They didn't talk about it, I'm sure, but it never left them. And, and we're going to see that, how it just kind of comes back up again. Verse 3, it says, Then ten of Joseph's brothers, they went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin Joseph's brother and the others with the others because he was afraid that that harm might come to him. He didn't send Benjamin. You see, Benjamin was Joseph's full brother. Same 
Uh, the rest of them had the same father but different mothers. But Joseph and Benjamin were full brothers. So he said, you know, I've already, I've already lost Joseph. There's no way I'm going to send Benny, right? I'm going to protect him with everything that I have. So he sends them down and, and, and look at, jump down to verse 6. What happens here? They get there to Pharaoh. Now Joseph was governor of the land. And the one who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. Does that sound familiar? What does that sound like? Sounds like the dream, right? The dream that Joseph had, the dream that got them so upset, the dream that, that you know, made them in the end get so angry with him that they sold him in Egypt. First they wanted to kill him and then they sold him. Verse 7, as soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger and he spoke harshly to them. And, and he said, he asked them, where do you come from? Now, he's kind of messing with him, really, isn't he? Where do you come from? He knew who they were. They said from the land of Canaan to, to buy food. Now, Joseph recognized them, but they didn't recognize him. Why? He'd been in, in Egypt for, for a long, long time. He'd taken on the persona of an Egyptian, I'm sure. You know, they, they, they shaved. They wore different clothes. He was speaking, you know, a different language. He was speaking through an interpreter. So they didn't recognize him. And, of course, why would they ever think for any moment in time that Joseph would be the guy there, the top dog in Egypt under Pharaoh. So he's messing with them, and really what he's doing, he's testing them to see if they had any kind of change of heart at all, period. So he tells them, you know, you guys are just spies. You're just here to spy on the, on the country, and, you know, I don't trust you at all. They said to him, you know, we're not spies. We just need food. We are honest. They said to him, they actually said this to Joseph, we're honest men. And Joseph, he probably laughed at that, but of course. And they tell Joseph about their dad, his dad, and about their brother, his brother, so Joseph says to them, send, you can go back, but send your youngest brother, send Benjamin back, or don't bother coming back. First he says, you know what, I'm going to keep you all here, I'm going to send one of you back. But then after three days in lockup, he says, okay, I'm going to send everybody but one, and you go back. But don't bother thinking about coming back unless you bring Benjamin. Again, they don't know who he is. Look at verse 42. Excuse me, verse 21, chapter 42. Verse 21. And they said to one another, Surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. That's why this distress has come upon us. Interesting, isn't it? Reuben replied, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you wouldn't listen. They wouldn't listen to him. 
And now we must give an accounting for his blood. You see, what, what happened there way, way back 20 plus years ago, it, it, it's still there. Kind of the past returns, doesn't it? That stuff that happened way back then that is still weighing on their conscience. Something bad happens and they go, oh, it must be Joseph. It's got to be what we did to him. It was never made right. And they'd been lying to their father all these years. Joseph hears them saying this to each other. Verse 23. They did not realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. And he turned away from them and he began to weep. But then turned back and spoke to them again. And he had Simeon taken from them and and bound before their eyes. So he sends them all away. They head back to find, to, to bring the food back home, and they find the money that they brought to pay for the, the food. They found it in one of the sacks, had the money back in the sack again. They go, oh no, this is going from bad to worse now. They're going to think that we stole the money, so they get back home and they tell their father, like, what happened? And, and dad, you know, dad's response, he, he wasn't like happy about this. He, 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 he realized he lost Joseph and now he's lost another brother, right? Simeon. And what does he say? He says these words. He says, everything is, is against me in, in verse 36. Everything is against me. Now, when we, we know the rest of the story, right? We know what happens. We know what's going to happen, what happened in the past, because we, we've read it all. But, but, but Jacob there, in the middle of all this, he says, everything is, is against me. But when you and I look at it and we look down over the whole thing, you know, like the drones that look down over, you know, the whole field and you can see, is that really what's happening? Is everything really against Jacob? That's how he felt at the moment. But is that the truth? What is the truth? The truth is, is actually the opposite, is that, as we said in Romans 8:28, that everything is working for his good, for the good. You see what I'm saying? He thought everything was against him, but God says, no, no, everything is working together for good. You can't really always trust your feelings, can you? Jacob, Jacob, that's how he truly, honestly felt. Everything is against me. And he tells him, he says, listen, what, guys, forget it. Benjamin is not going. End of discussion. Benjamin, forget it. No. So they eat up all the food that they have, and the famine is still severe. Look at chapter 43, verse one, now the famine was still severe in the land. So when they had eaten all the grain they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, the brothers, go back and buy us a little more food. Go back for more. Well, the brothers say, listen, that's not going to happen. That's not going to work. We cannot go back without Benjamin. He, you know, this guy, they didn't know it was Joseph, but this guy who's in charge, he made it very clear that if we come back without Joseph, not going to happen. 
Jacob finally says, okay. I mean, the famine was bad. They, they were all going to die, you know. They were all going to die because of famine. Famine, you know, is a bad, bad thing. So finally he relented. Look at verse 14, chapter 43. This is what Jacob says. And, and may God Almighty, or El Shaddai, the all-powerful one, grant you mercy before the man so that he will let your other brother, Simeon, and Benjamin come back with you. And as for me, if I am bereaved, I am bereaved. He's just like resignation. Okay, whatever. You see how the emotion that goes on in this? This is like our lives. This is like a picture of life. Sometimes we have to get to that place where we just say, okay, I give up. I surrender. That's what Jacob had to do. And you know, and if, I, if I'm bereaved, if, if, if that's what happens, but as it stands now, everybody is going to die. But, but notice he says, he, he says, may El Shaddai grant you mercy. So his faith was where? His faith was still in God, the all-powerful one. So they go back. They bring Benjamin, right? Joseph sees Benjamin, and, and Joseph said, okay. And, he, and he, he prepares, he has his servants prepare dinner at his house. I'm sure it was very fancy, this place that he had. Look at verse 26, chapter 43. When Joseph came home to the house, they presented to him, <clears throat> excuse me, the gifts they had brought into the house, and they bowed down before him to the ground. Does that sound familiar? This is the second time now. And he asked them how they were. And then he said, how is your aged father that you told me about? Is he still living? And they replied, your servant, our father, is still alive and well. And they bowed low to pay him honor. Wow. We see this is the third time now. This is, this is what's happening here. Verse 29, and as he looked about and he saw his brother Benjamin, his own mother's son, he asked, is this your youngest brother? Like he didn't know. The one you told me about? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. And deeply moved at the sight of his brother, Joseph hurried out and he looked for a place to weep and he went into his private room and he wept there. Wow. Joseph is moved. This is, this, is like, this is like, what is happening here? These are the brothers that sold him into slavery, and, and now Benjamin, he sees Benjamin. So they have this dinner at, at Joseph's house, and, and Joseph, Joseph had his servants seat the brothers at the table by age. He said, I want this brother to be here, this brother to be here. And so the brothers, they look around, they go like, how in the world? They have just seated us by exactly by age. How in the world can that happen? They're astonished, like, what is going on here? They know, like, something is going on. This is like, what is happening here? So they have this great dinner. Joseph, by the way, gave Benjamin, like, way more food than the other brothers got, just to kind of show a little favoritism. Chapter 44, now, they're sent on their way with more food to go back to their father, right? But Joseph says, listen, I, 
to his servant, I want you to take my special cup. I've got this special cup. Do you all have your own special cup you drink from at home, right? And I want you to take that special cup and I want you to put it in Benjamin's sack, right? So he does that. Verse 10 of chapter 44. And he says this very well. Uh, he, he sends his servant after them to, to, to find out, like, did you steal my cup? And they said, no, we didn't steal it. And if any one of, any one of us is found to have it, he will die and the rest of us will become your slaves. So verse 10, Joseph says, very well then, he said, let it be as you say, whoever is found to have it will become my slave. The rest of you will be free from blame. Well, he already knew where he had put that cup, right? It was in Benjamin's sack. But he was doing all this to keep Benjamin for himself, right? And, and no matter what happened, Benjamin was going to be there with him. But again, he's kind of testing them to see. Because what did they do before? They sold Joseph. They, they were angry at him. They wouldn't stand up for him. And, and they did not care about their father at all, right? But now... He's testing them to see, are, are they, what are they going to do? Do they care about Benjamin? They could, because they just could say, okay, whatever. Whatever happens. Turns out, of course, that the cup was there in Benjamin's sack. Verse 14, Joseph was still in the house when Judah and his brothers came in, and they threw themselves to the ground before him. Again, over and over and over, this dream is being fulfilled, this prophetic dream. Joseph says to them, okay, Benjamin's going to stay with me. Their response, now they could have said, okay, whatever, that's fine, whatever, we're going back, we got food, we're going back. Because he said to them, you, you all can be free. But they fall on the ground before him. And, and basically what happens is they say, you know what? We, our father, if, if, if we do this and Benjamin stays here, our father will just die. He's just plain going to die. He can't do it. So, so obviously now they, they not only care about Benjamin, but they care about their father. They didn't care about him before. They didn't care at all about their father. So now we get to chapter 45. See, we're already on the fourth chapter. Amazing, right? I still got time. Chapter 45, this is what's happened. They said, our father, we, we can't. The misery would be too much for our father. Verse 1, then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him. And Pharaoh's household heard about it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Can you imagine? They were terrified, like, this is, this is like a bad dream. What is going on here? Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. 
And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Twice he points that out. Because, he says, it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will not be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Is that incredible or what? This is Joseph's conclusion, right? This is, this is where, where Joseph got to in the end. God sent me ahead of you. Why? To save lives, to save your lives. This is something that's going on now. Now, again, this is like 22 years now. And what's going on in the, in the heart of Joseph? And Joseph has seen his brothers. You know, they, they were already there, so he knows, you know, and, and he, he knows that they're probably going to come back. And they come back, they bring Benjamin. And he says, you know what? Basically, what he says was, I forgive you. Isn't that what he's, what he's saying? He didn't use those words, but he says, he says, you know, don't be angry with yourselves. I'm not angry with you. And God has done a miracle through all of this, and God has brought uh, this whole thing together to save lives. Only God can turn something around like that. Only God can do that. Somebody said this, that he who is spiritual, he's speaking about Joseph, he who is spiritual can perceive the hand of God in every event and therefore is able to forgive those who wrong him. Forgiveness is, 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 in my estimation, one of the most powerful things in all of the scripture and all of life. Forgiveness. Isn't that what Jesus came to do? So that our sins could be forgiven? But to forgive one another? Joseph, look at, look at him. He, for, he forgives them. Why? Because he puts his eyes upon God. He trusts in God. Not because they came to him and said, Joseph, please forgive us. They, it doesn't say that they ever said that. They might have. But it doesn't say that. He says it again, verse 8, So then it was not you. It was not you who sent me here, but God. God, God put all this together. He goes on to tell them, you need to go back and get our father Jacob and bring him back here. Look at verse 14. And then he, that is Joseph, he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and he wept. And Benjamin embraced him weeping. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And afterward, his brothers talked with him. Like this is, if I don't, if you can't see reconciliation and reunion and, and, and this happening here, this restoration of, of relationship, I don't know what is. This is a very emotional, incredible thing that happened. 
what you and I would have said, this is impossible. What they did to him, this is, this is never going to happen. Things have happened in our lives and we can say it's never going to happen. How did it happen? How is it possible that this could happen? And, and the answer really is forgiveness Amen. and grace. Amen. They go back. Look at verse 25. They go back to their father. Verse 25. Chapter 45, so they went up out of Egypt. They came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. And they told him, Joseph is still alive. Like that is enough to give him a heart attack. In fact, he is the ruler of all Egypt. Like what? And Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them. And I, and I don't blame him. But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts that Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father, Jacob, revived. And Israel said, I'm convinced my son, Joseph, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. This is insane. Jump into chapter 46. I only said four chapters, but we're just like a couple of verses in chapter 46. Jump down to verse 28. We want to see the reunion. Verse 28. Open this page here. What's going on? There it is. Now Jacob had sent Judah ahead of him to, to Joseph to get directions. The GPS wasn't working. And when they arrived in the region of Goshen, uh, Joseph had his chariot made ready and he went to Goshen to meet his father Israel. And as soon as Joseph appeared before him, he threw around his arms around his father and he wept for a long time. And Israel said to Joseph, now I'm ready to die since I have seen for myself that you are still alive. Wow. This is a reunion. This is restoration. This is reconciliation. Even after all that they had done, Joseph, what an example for you and for me, I think, you know. There's stuff that happens in our families, you know, and, and you know what? We got to take that. Joseph took the high road, didn't he? We got to take the high road. But, but, but they did this to me, but they did that, and they said this, and they said that. You know what? We got to keep our eyes on God. And we need to let it go. Forgiveness is that letting go of the punishment, right? Letting it go. And look what God has done through the power of this forgiveness. Now, one thing I'll add before we close is that in all of this, there's even a bigger picture than just the reconciliation of the family. The bigger picture is that they were to be brought to the land of Egypt so that God could grow them into a massive nation. In fact, uh, they, they kept them apart because, because the, it says the Egyptians, they didn't want to have anything to do with, with them because they were shepherds and they don't like to 
you know, hang around with shepherds. And so they kept them separate. But this is, this is God's plan to grow the nation. You, you know, and we'll see what happened. The, the, the nation grew incredibly. So God had this incredible plan. The sovereign hand of God, even in all of that. You and I, we can't see it, you know. I've been reading the book of Job, and uh, it's a fascinating thing when you read it. But but you and I, again, like this whole account here, we we can see the big picture because we can read all the chapters in the book of Job as well. We can read the first couple chapters and we find out what's really going on. But Job, in the middle of it, could not figure out why God was allowing this to happen. But God had a purpose in it all. His friends come along and say, you know what, it's because you're a total loser and that's why this is all happening to you. But that's, that wasn't what it was at all. But God had a plan and God was going to work it out. And, and in the end, like in the, the end of the book of Job, uh, God steps in and says, listen, you people, let me tell you what is really going on here. And he, and he straightens them all out. And Job, Job kind of like has to like fall down. His friends, he tells, God tells Job, pray for your friends because they're like, that's the only hope for them. We walk by faith. The Bible says not by sight. Do we really believe in, in El Shaddai, the, the all-powerful one, or, or are we just saying everything is against me and I'm just going to look at all the circumstances and, and how I feel at the moment? Or are we going to look beyond? Let's pray together, shall we? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It's sharp and powerful. Lord, I know that uh, in... Uh, our lives, there are places that we need to maybe apply some of this. The fact that Joseph, despite all he had to go through, uh, he was able to forgive and to move on and, and this reunion that they had. Lord, uh, help us to look beyond just what we see and feel to the true God who is the all-powerful one. Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness for us after everything we did against you and against your word and all the sins that we've committed and yet you forgave us. That's grace and that's mercy. And Jesus, you told us in teaching us how to pray is that we should forgive. It affects our ongoing forgiveness. Maybe there's somebody in your own heart. You know, all we can do is pray. I'm sure Jacob, uh, Joseph was praying through all of his ordeals and trials. Pray. God, this is my heart and this is the way I feel. But Lord, I want, I want your perspective. I want your take on all of this. And just see what he does. Just see what he does. It might take a while. It's not going to be instantaneous, I, I don't think. Father, we submit to you, we surrender to you, and, and we uh, pray you'd fill us by your Holy Spirit to, to be those people that, that you want us to be, people that are
full of grace and kindness and mercy for those around us because you've showed us grace and kindness and mercy. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?